0: In today's episode, I'm going to dive a bit deeper into the topic of game length. Um, and the aspect of that topic that I'm most interested in is how to find out what the optimal um, game length is for a specific uh, specific game. When we design games, we ask our players to, yeah, to invest their very important and precious time um, into our games. We ask them for a time commitment. And I would like to understand a little bit better what the... Um, optimal game length is depending on your target audience um, and how it can impact your um, your audience and your sales and um, also your your entire game design approach. But why is the length of your game so important you might ask. So for me, it is kind of our responsibility as game designers to um, yeah to maximize the experience um, of our players. And when we take their precious time into account, um, it is our goal to um, yeah to create the best experience uh, during the time that they spend. And we can achieve that in two ways: we can either um, add more and more um, things into our game that increase the the fun and the experience our players get, or we can try to um, decrease the time. Um, that is needed to play our games without um, losing much of or anything of the experience that the players receive from the game so if you have a game that is already um, completely designed and developed and is working working well but it still has a lot of downtime for players and um, and so you could probably think about how to um yeah how to reduce the time players need to play that game in order to maximize the uh, player experience per time and that is what I want to look at today Um, dive a little bit deeper into the into this concept and yeah think about how to yeah how to use this concept for for my own game designs and uh, I hope you can you can learn something that you can also yeah apply to your designs as well the first aspect of this topic I wanted to um, tackle is the difference between shorter games and longer games. I have the feeling that in the market we currently have at least the impression that um, shorter games are a little bit favored by the customers, and I'm sure there are also um, statistics about about that. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't check that, but um, I can understand why that might be the case because. People are, um, yeah, they are always becoming more and more busy. Yeah, we all of our technology, our mobile devices, and so on—they um, have increased our expectation for immediate gratification, and it seems like we have carried over that expectation from how we can consume news how we are interacting with um, social media with our mobile devices in general we have carried over that expectation from the mobile devices to how we interact with other things in our lives and also with board games so many people um, expect that they really um, get a lot of value for their time and they want that uh, return on investment as soon as as soon as possible. The other aspect why I think shorter games are a little bit favored at the moment is because of um, our attention span. Our attention span has changed as well and um, there are studies that um, show that people um, spend 40 to 50 minutes on a, on a task before they become distracted quite easily. And the longer a game lasts, the more difficult it will be for, you know, for the game to maintain the focus of the entire group and the attention of the entire group. I am personally not sure if this um, reduced uh, attention spans and this expectation for um, an instant gratification is something that is um, yeah, a change in our society, so for everyone. Or if this is just something that is, uh, yeah, let's say true true for myself because um, I am in a situation where I have just not as much time available as I as I had in the past because I have to take care of of the children, um, I have a, a day job and um, stuff like that. So it as it's always something to do, and um, the little spare time that I have, I of course want to. Yeah, I want to maximize the value that I get out of that uh, that uh, available time. Uh, I'm not sure if this is uh, just because of my new situation in life um, compared to um, my my younger self when I when I had plenty of time available or if this is just um, a change in our society that is uh, true for everyone. It is probably a bit of both, but if we take this as yeah, the situation that is true for many people, uh, I would say um, shorter games have a, a little advantage over longer games. And um, they have this advantage because they are just easier to, to fit in um, a smaller time slot. So it's um, more difficult for life to get into the way um, of the game. So um, I think there is a wider audience for um, for smaller games that can be played in, let's say, 15 minutes, 30 minutes or something like that. Another advantage of shorter games is of course that the learning curve is typically a little bit uh, smoother and easier for um, for new people to learn the game. And yeah, now comes the biggest advantage that I th- think shorter games have um, because you can end the game before the players want the game to end. And if you do that, people instantly want to play another round because they um, yeah, they feel that they have learned something during the match that they want to apply in the next one. This is definitely not true for all shorter games, of course, but um, this is true for the very good ones. Let's take King of Tokyo, for example. This is a game that plays pretty quick. I would say it takes maybe f- 20 minutes or so. Um, it can, of course... Um, depend on how many players are involved and how the game goes on but um, it typically does not take longer than half an hour or so and you can play very different strategies during the game and when you win or lose with the strategy um, you, you learn something while you do that and um, you may learn some new cards or see some other cards that other players have played during the match and you want to want to test them yourself this is a feeling that you want to achieve at the end of a game. Um, so you want players to feel like they have learned something and that they want to, to test what they have learned in the next game. And you can achieve that if you uh, have a game that um, is a bit on the shorter side of things and um, ends rather quickly. But there are also some disadvantages of shorter games, of course. And for me, those disadvantages are depth, and risk of repetition many shorter games have really eliminated um, a lot of player decisions and that might be that might be a good thing to um yeah to achieve the desired experience that you want to deliver with your game but um that has at least comes at least with the risk that um the game cannot deliver the same depth that um a longer game can uh, can deliver where you have much more um, tactical decisions to make um, and even long-term strategies to plan for as a result these shorter games are often very restricted with their um, strategic depth and that's also the same reason why the games the shorter games often have a higher risk of um, feeling repetitive because um, they are not as uh, deep as one of the as the longer games, of course. They cannot be and um, it's quite difficult for the game designer to, um, to create a game that is um, short but uh, also delivers a lot of flexibility and replayability. I don't say that this is impossible to achieve with a shorter game. I mean... Um, king of tokyo which i just mentioned is uh, a short game and it is uh, has a lot of replayability so it is possible but um, it is very difficult to achieve i would say on the other side we have longer games and these longer games i would say they start at yeah i don't know where the will the distinguishing line is but i would say they start at 50 60 minutes or so i would call this a longer game um and these games they can really use the game lengths to um to immerse players into the game experience they do that by delivering um, for example much more um story and narrative and um the the narrative is some kind of emergent narrative because um they're Things happening during the game, you build up on situations um, and um, the story develops over time. That is something that um, is pretty difficult to achieve in a shorter game or even impossible. Some of these longer games can really build up tension over time and at the end when then the resolution happens or um, the the end of the story is achieved, then you Often have created a memorable moment that people will remember after weeks after months even after years and this is something that you typically cannot achieve with shorter games and this will of course make your game more memorable Um, and yeah it makes it easier for people to tell the story and to spread the word about your game that's one advantage of of longer games i would say and if you look at the yeah top 100 games on board game geek or so um, you will you will see that most games are longer games or even epic games like gloomhaven or so um, because they create interesting stories their people share their strategies for the game on the internet they spread the word um, how they skilled their character or what kind of interesting um, story arc they um, experience and so on that is something that kind of content that is created around these games is much more than um, typically is created for these um, for these shorter games for these filler games and that is something that can yeah can of course um, drive sales as well even so i think the the overall audience for these longer games or even these epic games that last over hours and hours or even campaigns that you play over a month is um, is shorter than um, for um, for these kind of filler games but these longer games of course also come with disadvantages the first one is yeah more or less the counterpart of the advantage of the of the shorter games of course they i mean they take quite a bit of time so um, it might be difficult to find a time slot um, to play these games and as a result they might be played less often they are typically also um, much more difficult to um, to explain so um, the setup time is often um, also something that uh, is uh, very um, long for these kind of games and um, they also come with some design challenges because it is a uh, an awful experience for players when they um, for example realize that a mistake they made early in the game um, really affects the entire game the next three hours they spend or so um, so if these longer games do not really have a good catch-up mechanic um, it might be very frustrating for players if they fall behind early in the game and um, this is something that you have to address as a game designer. Um, and um, need to balance out somehow and the same is true for for um, eliminating players so if you got eliminated after 45 minutes but the game lasts for three or four hours um, this can also create very bad experiences for um, for the players so these um, are some things you need to consider when you design longer games but um, as you might know from, from the past, I'm really a big a big fan of, um, of these longer epic games that you can spend hours of over hours um, on. But I'm also very well aware um, that there are other people um, who might prefer these shorter games. And that is exactly what you need to take um, into account. You need to know your audience because if you decide a kind of epic game uh, campaign game um, you might not want to uh, target uh, children or so or you do not want to target um, these uh, yeah, family family styled games because uh, you typically do not have that amount of time to, to play the games in, a, in the family but i do not want to dive too deep into the topic of um, finding your audience today i just wanted to mention that because i think there is a, a place for both the shorter games and the longer games And I actually didn't want to focus on the um, the audience today. I didn't want to focus on the difference between um, longer and shorter games today. I wanted to focus on something else because there are also similarities between shorter and longer games when it comes to game lengths. Because as a game designer, we should really focus less on the duration of a game and think more about how much a person gains from playing the game you can consider that as the time value that you deliver with your game and yeah if you consider all the things around the game if you can deliver the same experience in a shorter amount of time the game will be played more often um, it will receive more attention and it will be yeah of course a greater commercial success at the end And that is what I want to focus on today. Not so much about um, the kind of experience you want to deliver. That can be completely different in all of the games. That can be um, another experience that you want to deliver in a short game or in a a longer game. Um, But how to maximize that time value. There are some tips that you can use and you can use them for shorter games and longer games. Um, And I want to dive a little bit deeper in how we can... um, reduce the time um, in which the players do not receive something from our game or not, not that much and increase the, the, the time when the players are really um, involved in the game and um, yeah, gain a lot of um, positive experiences. Okay, what we try to do now is to maximize the time value of our game. We want to increase the density of enjoyment of our games. And the first aspect of our game that we can take a look at is the um, setup time and the, maybe the uh, instruction time, the time that you need to explain your game. Um, because you often, yeah, this is not something many game designers think of in the beginning when they start to develop their games. But, um, for example, Jamie Stagmeyer, which I interviewed in a a previous episode on this podcast, he mentioned that um, replayability um, is something that he thinks of much more than he did in the past. So he tries to um, reduce the setup time and the instruction time quite a bit because this increases the replayability of a game um he said that when you uh, look at to your um at your um your shelf of board games um and try to decide which one you take out you often think about the um, complexity of the game or the the complexity to start playing the game it's not so much about the complexity of the game it's more about the complexity of setting up the game the setup time the instruction time and that is not only true for a game that you play for the first time that's also true for a game that you play after a few months or so because you might need to um yeah to relearn some aspects of the game and um If you consider that in the beginning um, of your game design, you might might be able to make some some smart decisions that increase the replayability of your game. And of course, if your game is played more often, people will talk more about it and that will be positive for you. And um, there are a few things that you might consider when you um, think about your setup time and instruction time of your game. The first and maybe the easiest one is um, a very good structured inlay for your box, for your game box. This might help to reduce the time needed to um, find the appropriate pieces um, and to reduce setup time. Um, just an example, it always takes me ages to uh, to build the dungeon for Gloomhaven. For I have to, um, to look through the entire... Um, tiles for them for the map and um, yeah i know other people um, are going to organize the map tiles way better than i do Uh, and of course their setup time is reduced quite a bit and if your box inlay supports that organization um, you might be able to reduce the setup time um, at least a little bit Um, and of course what also um, reduces the instruction time is if you have a very good tutorial um, for your game for example predefined decks that you use for the first time when the game is played um this is something that i have seen in eon's end for example which i really like there was a large uh, stop sign um on the first deck that told you the player that they are not allowed to shuffle the deck because it was um pre-organized so that um, you could start with the tutorial game um, immediately um so this at least reduce the setup time for the for the first at least for the first game um and you want to exp- give the players the chance to experience the fun part of your game as soon as possible of course and um Another way that you could um, a smart move is to um, yeah, to use the or to make the setup of the game part of the gameplay. Um, for example, if you compare chess with uh, with Stratego, for example, in chess you have to to build the board, even the if it is not too complex to do that um, but you have to to place all the figures on the board um before you start the game while in Stratego, placing the figures on the board is part of the gameplay so this might be might be also um an interesting idea to yeah to think about that for for your game as well and um if it comes to to let's say a game that needs different piles of cards like like my day, my game, or other drafting games, um, need you really should think about if it is worse to have separate piles that players need to build um, a certain deck from in the beginning of the game, or if it is somehow possible to s- to put everything in one deck um, so that the starting time um, is or the setup time is really reduced. And again, if you need that um, card sorting um, as part of the setup, make at least sure that there's a good um, way of organizing the different cards. There are a lot of uh, inlays in these newer deck building games, for example, that that are really helpful for, um, for organizing. Another thing that I really like is to reduce the complexity for the first game that is played um the easy way for example in i'm coming back to drafting games again is to say in the first game you play you do not draft because you often do not know the cards what all the cards do and this is very important for drafting game that you have a at least a good understanding of most of the cards and what is possible what kind of strategies you can you can play and so you uh, good thing to do in some of the drafting games is to to leave the drafting um out of the equation for the first for the first match that is played or the first round that is played for example and um this is not only true for drafting games this can be true for all kind of games um if you have a really complex game that means you need to explain a lot of complex rules and um, it is really appreciated by players if they start easy and um add more and more rules over time if you have some kind of campaign based uh, game you can of course start with the um, um, with only let's say 70 or 50% of the rules and um, add the more complex uh, rules later on that the same for yeah, let's say card games or so um, where the more complex um, cards are added later during the, during the later stage of the game all of that reduces the um, instruction time for your game and gives the player the chance to yeah, experience um, the fun of your game sooner. The next aspect that you can look at is um, repetition in during your gameplay phases because you really want to reduce the things that you have to do um, repetitively and that might not be so much fun. For example, if you have a game that, um, if you play it 100 times, let's say 85% of the time or in 85 matches, the first two or three rounds look the same. You might consider to start with more resources and to get rid of that first few turns. That is something that I have seen in, in many online games. For example, let's take um, let's take Underlords as an example. In, in the early stage, during the beta phase of the game, you started with just a few resources and um, you had just a very few amount of heroes, and you fought again, in the first round. You fought against um, some minions. And you always won the first few rounds against those minions, um, no matter what you did. So um they got rid of the of those first few rounds against those minions in order to um yeah, to reduce the, 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 the length of the game. And I think that was a smart move because um Players complained that 45 minutes uh, for a game was uh, too long to play in between, to play on a mobile device, maybe on a commute um, to work or so. And yeah, that was uh, an easy and good way um, to reduce the game length without taking away much of the fun and much of the decisions, interesting decisions of the game. So if you experience... A similar situation in your game, you should really cut off the first few rounds of your game, give the players a little bit more um, of the resources of your game, and um, yeah, start maybe in turn four or so. The idea really is to reduce aspects of the game that are repetitive, that are predictable, um, in order to yeah, to reduce the length of the game and to increase the value per time. The next thing that you might look at is um, bookkeeping. So stuff that you need to do um, in order to keep the game functional, but that are where not so many decisions are involved or even no decisions are involved. Look at these bookkeeping tasks, very critical, and think about how you can reduce them. For example, by combining them at the end of a turn instead of doing it after... Each phase or so. We just recently play tested a game of um, a member of um, our mastermind group, um, in which you had to tick down um, the health of wounded soldiers after each player's turn, and that was quite a bit of bookkeeping. And um, during that play test, we um, together figured out that it might make sense to um, tick down the health of these of these wounded soldiers um, once. Uh, after all players have ended their turn and this this was a major change to the game but i think it is a step into the right direction because um, yeah it um, massively reduced the the kind of bookkeeping and uh, the time needed um, for those for those actions another thing that you might want to achieve is Um, consistent playing time and that is quite difficult to achieve because if you have mechanics like negotiation or trading or drafting where you have to um, pick cards and have to make very uh, complex decisions that can um, yeah of course lead to analysis paralysis uh, for some players or even all of the players and that might end up in yeah very different um, or inconsistent uh, playing time and if you add some kind of timing restraint or um, limit the or reduce the number of um, available choices for the players so if you draft from 15 cards or you draft from eight card cards that is a huge difference um, when it comes to um, the decision making process and the risk of analysis paralysis and if you um yeah, somehow can reduce those choices or uh, limit the time that players have to, m- to, to negotiate or so. That um, will lead to a more consistent playing time and that is something that players will, uh, will appreciate at the end. And as we just talked about analysis paralysis, that brings me to the, yeah, to the next point that you want to look at when you want to yeah, reduce your uh, game length and that is um, you should really analyze the downtime of your game and um, downtime really is the time that players um yeah spent more or less waiting for the active player um in an inactive mode where they do not really have to make decisions or um experience um yeah fun in your game and of course waiting time can be uh, necessary and it can also be a good thing because um, sometimes uh, this time can really be spent to think about the long-term strategy or your next move also but um, it can of course cause a lot of problems uh, and if you if the downtime is um, yeah too long you will see that uh, from your playtesters when they uh, start looking at their mobile device, for example. You should really give players the amount of time they need to come up with their uh, strategy and their, their next move. But other than that, you should try to reduce downtime as much as possible. Um, and you can do that, for example, by um, having simultaneous gameplay, for example, um people could uh, i don't know if they do not their actions do not affect the board state um they could um, perform these actions at the same time for example in drafting everyone picks a card at the same time or you should really think about when to add new information to the game that might um, require players to adopt their strategy um, in most strategy card games, you draw a card at the beginning of the turn, um, and that um, means that the entire strategy that you have come up with during the opponent's turn uh, might be obsolete because the card that you uh, you drew um, is some a new a new element a new piece that you have to take into account when it comes to your strategy. And um, a smart move might be to draw a card at the end of your turn. Um, in order to be able to come up with the with the strategy um, and the next move during your opponent's turn while you have waiting time anyway. And um, yeah, you should really try to avoid kind of mechanics and situations in which one or two players um, spend a long amount of time um, without the other players uh, being involved in it. And in addition to that, you should also avoid situations and um, decisions that will remove players from from the game for an extended period of time because that is downtime as well. For example, if one player is um, is wounded or so and um, or unconscious or um, dead or whatsoever, this can of course become a problem if uh, this person then is required. Um, to wait for their teammate to resurrect them or heal them or whatsoever. This might not be a problem if this is just a a single action that the other players have to perform, which gives them a little disadvantage or so. But if it uh, takes them several hours to move to the location um, and um, the other player cannot do anything in that time, um, that causes a lot of downtime for that player and reduces... um, yeah. The time value um, and the experience that that player has during the session. So you should try to, um, yeah, think about other smart ways to, um, yeah, to solve that situation. The last aspect I wanted to talk about are um, ending conditions or how to bring a game to an end, because um, I mentioned in the beginning, what you want to achieve is that the game ends just a little bit sooner than the players wanted to end because that leave them with um yeah with the um, experience that they want to want to continue playing and that is a good um yeah a good emotion that you want to you want to you want to have that with your players and you can achieve that by having different ending conditions so if you have multiple victory conditions for example uh Players will typically um, yeah, try to achieve the earliest possible opportunity to win the game, and um, this will reduce your um, your game time, um, oftentimes quite a bit. And um, you should also try to um, avoid situations in which um, the game can be prolonged too much. I had this situation in um my adventure card game where yeah, people or the, the the players did not really had a reason to um progress the game. So they spend an endless amount of uh time resting and preparing for battle and there was no real tension um and for them there was no real reason to to push forward. And um by yeah, having um, somehow uh, different endgame conditions or something that pushes the players forward uh, can really help to decrease the playtime a little bit and to add more tension and to get more consistency when it comes to the game lengths. And um, yeah, that is something that you actually want to achieve. Something that you also should try to avoid when, it, uh, when you design a, a, a longer game is is that the result at the end, if you win or lose, is um, some kind of lottery because of um, luck or randomness in your game. So if you spend a large amount of uh, um, of time for during a game to, to come to a certain endgame situation, you, it should be decided more by skill and um, how well you played Um how the strategy works out at the end um, instead of a, of a single die roll. So people, people might, um, might accept the result of a die roll easier when the game is a little bit on the shorter side okay and that is pretty much what i wanted to talk about today um i wanted to highlight that it is really uh, dependent on what kind of um, experience you are intending to deliver for your players Um, and it doesn't really matter if this is a a long or short game there are um, many opportunities that you can look at in order to um yeah to increase the Experience that the players have in a certain amount of time, so that their time investment, um, yeah, is worthwhile. And um, yeah, it's our it's our task as game designers to to make sure um, that this is the case. We have discussed today some areas of uh, games that you can look at in order to yeah increase that value per time that we want to deliver for our players. And um, I want to end this episode with uh, a smart advice that I have um, uh, read. And that advice is that during one of your playtests, you should ask your, um, your playtesters to put away uh, their watches and their phones. Um, and after the, um, the game ends, you should ask them um, how long they felt the game lasted. And then you can compare these numbers to the actual duration of the game. And um, the result can be quite interesting um, and tell you quite a bit about how the game length is perceived by by your playtesters. Okay, and that's it for today's episode. Um, I had a lot of fun creating it. I hope you learned um, a little bit again. And if you want to give me feedback, please do so by reaching out um, via mail at um, marvin at nerdlikeaboss.com or by um, joining our um, mastermind groups on Discord. Um, the nerd lab server you can find the link in the show notes or just contact me um, over facebook or um, instagram you can find me at um, with the hashtags nerd like a boss until next week keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss